Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. What's going on, everyone? It is Wednesday, February 22nd. I'm Rob Litters here with Mark Dent, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about scooters, those little vehicles or micro mobility vehicles that were supposed to transform urban transit have cluttered sidewalks for years, and they've been an absolute vacuum for venture capital money. But it appears that one of them, Lime, one of the OGs of the scooter space, was profitable in 2022. Mark has the details. But first, let's take a look at what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Good news for everybody. The four-day work week is a success. In the UK, the world's largest pilot of the four-day work week just wrapped up, and 92% of the 61 organizations involved believe they'll continue with the change. Companies found that revenues went up slightly and turnover of staff declined by 57%. On a similarly bright note, employees also reported less burnout, improved mental health, greater satisfaction with their time, and an increase in their abilities at work. Interestingly, women generally reported greater improvements while men were able to contribute to their households more, including 27% who spent more time caring for their children. A few updates in the AI space, which is just booming right now. Amazon is expanding a partnership with OpenAI rival Hugging Face. Microsoft will now let users choose AI Bing's chat tones, and the number of books listing ChatGPT as an author is on the rise, unsurprisingly. In the world of home improvement, Home Depot will spend a billion dollars to bump hourly employees' wages amid a tight labor market. The company also announced Q4 earnings of $35.8 billion, shy of Wall Street's expectations of $35.9 billion. Formula maker Enfamil will recall 145,000 cans due to possible contamination. A previous recall at Abbott Nutrition led to a well-documented formula shortage in the U.S. last year. United Airlines, Boeing, J.P. Morgan Chase, Air Canada, GE Aerospace, and Honeywell formed a VC fund for sustainable aviation fuel, which could help the industry cut emissions. And lastly, Tencent is in early discussions to be the exclusive seller of Meta's Quest 2 headsets in China, where Facebook is banned. China has strict regulations on video games, which may impact the deal. And that brings us to scooters. All right, Mark. So like me, I know you've lived in cities where the scooter boom hit. And I think what we've heard mostly about scooters is that they've been littering sidewalks and hoovering up venture capital money. But I think we've long been waiting to see if it's actually a profitable and kind of scalable model for a company. And it seems like by recent evidence, it might be. Can you kind of dig a little bit deeper on what's going on at Lime and what they recently reported? Yeah, by very recent evidence, just a a couple of days ago, the Lime CEO told TechCrunch that the company was profitable, not by a whole lot and not in any way that uh, they wished to be very specific, Um, (laughs) as in Lime didn't exactly open their books and show TechCrunch, but yeah. Lime said it was profitable for the year 2022, which marks the first time that uh, Lime or any of its ilk 
has reported a year of profitability. That's crazy. I mean, right now, like if you're invested in any tech stocks, you definitely understand what the market thinks about companies that are not profitable. And you, you very quickly realize how few companies in the tech sector are profitable. So it's impressive, especially considering the reputation of some of their scooter brethren. Yeah. I think when the scooters and Lime also does like e-bikes, when they kind of came into the space in 2017 is when Lime was formed, they were almost the poster child for this like, hey, let's just take a bunch of investors' money and throw a bunch of things around and, and see if we can find a customer base. There were three or four companies, at least big ones, that were doing that. The prime competitor of Lime, of course, is Bird. That's right. And I mean, it led to, frankly, just cities getting absolutely littered in dockless e-bikes and these scooters. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that we both spent time in cities that have been inundated with these things. And in 2019, I was living in Austin. And I remember South by Southwest was just like, you could not walk anywhere in downtown Austin without seeing a dozen or more scooters just parked on the sidewalk. And I pulled up an old story and it turns out that the number of trips taken during South by back then on these scooters was 465,000. It just kind of shows the scale of how many there were. And Austin at that time had, I believe, between fifteen and 20,000 scooters and bikes in the city at that time. And the same was true up in Dallas. They had 18,000 of these dockless bikes. And it felt like at least half of those ended up like in a lake or set on fire. <laughs> like, no joke. It's crazy. I definitely saw them up in Boston. And when I was visiting Austin, I would see a lot more of them. And I mean, it's definitely a trend that I think has blown up a lot in Europe too, but it definitely seemed like in those early years, there was just so much supply and not necessarily the demand that they were expecting. And I feel like it was almost like right after Uber and this like, you said it, the grow fast and break things mentality. And you ended up with these scooters just all over the place, kind of fighting for that. I don't think it was like the last mile, but you mentioned the word micro mobility. And that's kind of exactly what they were thinking of, that it'd be the new way that people got around. Yeah. I think the purpose of them was and and remains fairly smart, which is absolutely it could allow somebody to maybe take a scooter to a train station instead of their car or an e-bike or something like that. If maybe if someone just doesn't feel like biking that day, they can use an e-bike and that's a little more convenient for them, et cetera. That said, though, it was when the way that they rolled out, it just like really it angered a lot of cities, which kind of found themselves having to like create these new restrictions on them that cities were not anticipating they'd have to do. I mean, in some cases, like these scooter companies just rolled out the scooters, even though it was not allowed in those cities. And and so there was just so much problems with it. But I think like Lime has begun to sort of settle down over the last year. They're still in 200 cities As of last year, they had around 5 million active users. And I think that the biggest reason for why they've been profitable, at least as their CEO kind of explained to TechCrunch, you know, it's not a glamorous reason at all, really. It has to do with maintenance and the structure of every last one of those scooters and those bikes, which is that over the last couple of years, they came up with these better batteries where their staff can just go and swap out an old battery with a new one. Whereas in the past, they had to like take the bike or the scooter back to some warehouse and charge it up. So there was a lot more labor involved. And plus, you'd be taking the scooter or the bike away from the street so it couldn't be used on as many trips. Right. And so they've essentially alleviated those problems and made everything 
just a little bit more simple and it's allowed them to actually have some financial success that we never thought was coming for this sector. Seriously. I mean, I feel like there's such a boom of everything transportation following the success of Uber. And I I don't even know if I want to call it success because I don't know if Uber has become profitable yet. Not very often. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think people have been kind of yearning for this new way to get around that is better for the environment. I think there's already public skepticism of venture capital after the whole Uber fiasco. And then you get a bunch of VCs kind of touting how they're changing the world, the scooters and how they're going to make the world a better place. But then what you end up getting in reality is these cities that are just littered with these scooters and nobody has any idea what to do with them. And so it's just this disconnect of like, here are our intentions, but here's the reality. And we just didn't really have the infrastructure that was (laughs) ready for it, honestly. Yeah. Lime They've reported this, you know, really good year of 2022, but their competitor, Bird, I mean, it's the exact opposite. So I think it's still very precarious for Bird, which, I mean, they had to merge with a Canadian licensee of theirs last year just to like stay in business. That's right. Their stock, they went public via SPAC, which is often a red flag to begin with. Oh, yeah. And uh, (laughs) their stock fell from $8.40 at its peak to uh, around 20 cents is what it was trading for earlier today. Sheesh. Yeah. So the Lime model, they're clearly doing something different and it's not necessarily proof that scooters are viable. Just that one scooter company is kind of figuring it out is the sense that I'm getting. Yeah. And Lime, according to their CEO, intends to go public nice through the IPO process. And so if they do that, then we will get a much closer look at their financials and maybe be able to see exactly how profitable and a little bit more detail on why they've become profitable. There we go. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, what are you doing? Go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email, and we'll catch you all tomorrow. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.